1: Hey, everyone, we'll talk to Greg Sargent here in just a second, but I have to tell you about our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. Absolutely the best way to support this fully independent podcast. You can sign up for as little as $1 a month or as much as $15 a month. In fact, if you sign up at the $15 per month level, you'll get our Tuesday and Thursday shows presented without commercials. We take out all the commercials for you. Plus, you'll also get two post-mortem mini-shows recorded after the credits on our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts. And you'll also get the subscription-only after-party podcast on Friday with all of its revealing discussions about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and politics. Don't miss out. That's com, or click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at BobSeska.com. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, August 19, 2020, and this is the interview edition of the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. My guest today is a returning favorite and one of my favorite political writers going all the way back to Blogosphere 1.0. Of course, I'm talking about Greg Sargent from the Washington Post. Today, we're gonna talk with Greg about the Democratic Convention, what to expect in the Republican Convention next week. We'll also dig into Trump's latest attempt to cheat in the election by attacking the Postal Service and, of course, a whole lot more. Meanwhile, if you like what you hear, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link at bobseska.com. You can't miss it. The all-caps Amazon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com, and we'll collect a tiny commission on your purchases. Okay, let's catch up with the great Greg Sargent. Hello? Hey, Greg Sargent. It's Bob Seska. How are you?
2: Hold on. Let me just tell my daughter that I'm doing this,
1: Sorry. <laughs> you bet. I'm
2: starting in the field. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's actually, you know, kind of a tradition to have kids appear in the background of these things, right? <laughs> like I know, the... yes. So I want to get your take on this. I mean, one, uh, before we dive into the USPS and absentee balloting and all that stuff, what do you think about the Democratic Convention so far?
2: Well, I think it's going really well. I, I think they're doing a really good job at uh, both kind of firing up their core constituencies, but also at the same time. Uh, reaching out well beyond them. Yeah, um, I'm not as troubled as some people are by the outreach to Republicans. I, I, my feeling is that in order to triumph over Trump's efforts to corrupt the election mm-hmm. through all the measures we're probably going to talk about today, um you're gonna need a broad coalition. Mm-hmm. And uh I think the outreach to Republicans can be accomplished while simultaneously firing up the base.
1: Plus we're in the middle of a party realignment, I think. Obviously there's a gigantic exodus of Republicans out of the Republican Party now, uh whether by choice or by force. Uh and so now they're looking for a place to go. And it seems to me as if even if you take Trump out of the equation, in an era when elections are decided by one or two percentage points, it seems ludicrous to turn away people who are willing to vote for Democrats, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I don't really understand the argument at all. I, I suppose one could try to argue that uh that 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 showcasing Colin Powell or Cindy McCain and so forth would Mm -hmm. depress turnout among core voters, but I just, I don't see that happening.
1: No, I don't think anyone's going, hey, you know what, I'm not going to vote against Donald Trump because Colin Powell and, uh, you know, Christine Todd Whitman showed up. Uh, It just doesn't seem like something that's actually going to happen.
2: My sense is that core voters actually understand the need for a broad coalition, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've been telling the base for uh, the last three years, that Trump's trying to to corrupt our politics and democracy in every which way. Mm-hmm. I, I think, as Michelle Obama said at, at the at her and during her convention speech, you're going to need a really big victory to overcome the cheating. Yeah, and I think the base gets that. That's that's a portion of this that I don't really think has been discussed. The base understands the need for a large victory.
1: And it's really no longer a matter of liberal versus conservative anymore. At least with this election, it's more about reality versus fiction. And the Democrats are positioning themselves as the party of reality as the party of normalcy, we can bring back some level of sanity to the country. And the thing that I kept thinking, which is just maybe foolish of me is that Geez, I hope regular Americans are seeing this. I hope they're seeing the distinction between real leadership and what we've been getting from Donald Trump all these years. Do you think the message is getting out? Do you think the people who this is targeting, the Democratic show, do you think those people are getting the message?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it actually there's a way to think about this that goes beyond just sort of the the the. the 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 most visible lunacy from Trump. Mm -hmm. Think about coronavirus, for instance. What we've seen from Biden for months now is mask wearing, uh, urging people to social distance, but also speaking to people's emotional difficulties with all these things. One of the things that I thought was really interesting that the Biden team did was to Uh, to have him talk about that, which is, you know, to to talk to people about how hard this is for everybody to go through. And that, I think, sends a message that is very powerful without sort of saying, oh, look, that guy's crazy and I'm not. Everyone understands that Trump is crazy on coronavirus and he's just tried to make it disappear through endless lying that he's trying to herd children back into schools no matter what happens to them just for his own political purposes and so forth for Biden to be saying look we got to do the right thing on everybody's behalf but i know that it's hard that speaks to people i think in a, in i hope anyway in a, in, a, in a in a profound way and shows a contrast with who uh, a president who's essentially a sociopath at this yeah. point on
1: this stuff what happened along the line greg that made a certain percentage of american voters crave professional wrestling from politics as opposed to evaluating experience and leadership and expertise and things like that what put professional wrestling in politics on the map for so many american voters
2: if you're talking about Trump in 2016, I've always thought that actually that isn't what pushed him over the top. Mm-hmm. I think probably that might have fired up uh, certain types of uh, core Republican constituencies, particularly in the Trump era GOP. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's not discussed enough is, is, is the simple fact that there have been eight years of a Democratic president. Yeah, You're going to get independents and, and, and Republicans who might be inclined to um, – to soft Republicans who might be inclined to 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 consider voting democratic mm-hmm. to want a change and to vote for the change guy, right? Trump was the change guy, yeah, that's just the bottom line. Mm-hmm. and he he had the outsider thing going and and for a lot of quote unquote low information voters, I think that has a lot of appeal. Yeah. and let's face it, Hillary was not the greatest uh, foil for that. you know mm-hmm. she I mean, she was a great foil for Trump on that stuff, I think unfairly um and so forth but for a lot of independents who have been told for 30 years that hillary clinton's ambitions are are threatening and terrible and so forth and and you know additionally she had her her flaws as a candidate for sure um i think time for a change sentiment really pushed trump over the edge with a lot of these independent voters and and soft republicans Mm -hmm.
1: Do you think we're going to be surprised by how many people crave actual leadership in this election by the sheer number of votes, maybe through exit polling, saying that people were looking for a change to the familiar again, to the normalcy again? Do you think we're going to be surprised by uh, how many people turn out looking for that? And I'm not just talking about democratic faithful. Well, I'm talking about, you know, maybe undecideds who went into the voting booth, not sure. And they come out, you know, you know what? I, in the end, I went with leadership. Are we going to see that?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I, the, the reason for it, I think you can see it in some of the polling again to return to coronavirus. Yeah, we've seen in some of the numbers um, that there is still strong majority support for uh, taming the virus, even if it means harming the economy. Yeah, right. And then there was another batch of polling. I believe it was from Maris. Uh, that showed that um, on, I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me on the Marist (laughs) part, but uh, there was some polling recently which ran through an array of ways in which uh, the federal government could exercise leadership on on various issues, including the the pandemic. And the numbers were, um, the numbers showed really pretty broad majority support for, for big federal action yeah I think that shows that people really get in some sense that the that the federal government under Trump has essentially checked out on the biggest public health emergency and now the one of in modern times and now um, and a a, a, a a rolling economic calamity that threatens to pull us into another depression mm-hmm. so I do think that those things signal uh, a kind of craving that you're talking about for for someone who's going to try to mobilize federal power in some sense on behalf of the public good.
1: You know, I hadn't intended to ask you this, Greg, but just out of curiosity, are you seeing any numbers showing that Donald Trump's attack on the, you know, the nonsensical Obamagate thing is actually resonating with voters? Is that something that's happening and resonating beyond just the Fox News red hat fanboy crowd?
2: I have not actually seen polling directly on that. Yeah. But I do recall that there was some polling that showed real concern about the 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 the, um the Russia um the Russia sabotaging of that election Mm. and what looked to me to be um, majority uh, support for the for the uh, notion that something seriously untoward had happened. Mm. I've never really bought that the public doesn't care about Russia Gate. I mean, to the degree you know. Russiagate in quotes, <laughs> yeah. um, to, the degree that, uh, um, to the degree that it's a motivating issue for voters is a little hard to say, but I don't doubt that a majority has essentially determined that it, it, something real happened there and mm. that Trump is on the wrong side of it.
1: It just seems insane to me that even after all we went through uh, with the NSA revelations from Edward Snowden back in 2013 and so on, that people still don't understand how foreign surveillance gets conducted and how American participants in those conversations can be looped into the mix. And that's the centerpiece of really what Donald Trump is taking advantage of by saying, oh, they spied on our campaign. But I'm concerned that the general ignorance of the American people, and forgive my cynicism, but the general ignorance of the American people, they're not seeing those details, and that possibly this attack might actually work. But I haven't seen it. I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen anything along those lines to show that it's actually resonating. I think ultimately it's just going to work with his own people, which is just a non-starter as far as the polls go. Um, right. I think yeah. You've got
2: to think about this through the through the sort of broader prism of what voters think about Trump yeah. and his intentions toward the country. Mm-hmm. It seems to me pretty clear that, that there's there's a, a solid majority that understands that Trump is mostly functioning on on behalf of his own personal interests and yeah. isn't in any meaningful sense operating on behalf of the public good. So for him to talk about spying on his campaign, my sense is that they just hear him lashing out at some effort to hold him accountable. Maybe they don't know the details. I don't think it's hard for me to imagine that, that, that too many voters would kind of go through a set of thought processes where they say, well, okay, under Obama, they spied on Trump's campaign. I do know that Russia did uh, interfere in the election, and Trump told me that for years that they didn't but mm-hmm. now we know that they did yeah. unequivocally and that there was that was some form of collusion um but still i what outweighs that is trump telling me that obama spied on him
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't see it i don't see how they <laughs> yeah. it seems like a lot of steps to go through to, to you know to, to 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 be believable
1: that's right Seems like what Donald Trump is doing is deliberately energizing his base and then hoping whatever cheating he can get away with will push him over the top through the electoral college. He's not campaigning to any swing voters. There's nothing going on. He's not reaching out to any new voters. It's all about his fanboys. Is that the strategy here?
2: It seems to me to be the strategy – we forget this, but there actually was a time when the Trump campaign did talk about reaching out to swing voters.
1: Mm.
2: I think maybe a few months back – well, this would have been before the pandemic, yeah. um, so maybe more than a few months. But there really was some talk among Trump Trump advisors about reaching out to doing a, 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 a suburban female – suburban women strategy mm. – and that entailed getting him out there and talking about the environment a little bit, which is kind of laughable. Like, anyone's <laughs> going to believe that Trump gives a shit about the environment. It's pretty funny.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> right? But but anyway, the point is that they actually thought to themselves that they did need to do that. And that stuff's all basically vanished. And, and now it's all almost a nonstop parade of, I mean – uh, federal law enforcement going in to beat up protesters, right? All the authoritarian yeah. imagery that he seems to love so much, um, and and so forth and so on. So I, you know, I I don't know what they're thinking on swing voters. Mm-hmm. It does seem to me that they have decided that an electoral college inside straight, a second one of those yeah. is, is their only chance. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they were. I mean, Trump has been very explicit about. Uh, trying to suppress votes through corrupting mail balloting. So we don't even have to ask ourselves whether that's a big component of the strategy. He told us so that's right. publicly numerous times.
1: Have you heard anything about the format of the Republican convention next week? Um, what are they doing? I haven't seen a schedule, so I have no idea what they're doing. I don't think there's a schedule available. I think it's so far up in the air. Have you heard anything?
2: Well, I I don't, I have not seen the schedule, but I think we do know that the main, one of the big main themes is going to be white grievance politics. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to see the St. Louis couple that, that, that brandished their firearms and for yeah. their, um, you know, their, 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 weapons, uh, outside their mansion, which is, uh, which is kind of strange. I mean, that's a bit of a weird picture of, of, of the heartland that they're going for there. Yeah. Um, and then i think the uh, i forget his name but you may you may have it at, at your fingertips the the guy who uh became famous after uh a confrontation on on the dc mall he, he oh yeah, yeah that he's that gonna, kid yeah yeah he's going to have a role so i mean you know i'd be interested to see if joe arpaio will have a role
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm expecting Ted Nugent and at least one machine gun, probably for Eric Trump, some close up magic and balloon animals. I'm just assuming. Okay, we'll get back to our conversation with Greg Sargent here in just a second. But we've got to talk about Plex because right now everyone's doing Zoom meetings and FaceTime meetings and everything like that. Why not look your best when you're on the little teeny tiny video cameras on your phones, huh? Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates all those wrinkles and crow's feet and under eye bags all in the comfort of your own home in just a matter of minutes. It is Photoshop in a can. Don't forget it. Plexiderm goes on clear and lasts for hours, so nobody's going to know your secret. Go to tryplexiderm.com. Use my code voices for half off a full size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off or try a fourteen ninety five trial pack today by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES. Again, visit triplexiderm.com. Use the code VOICES for half off a full-size bottle plus an extra $10 off. Or try a fourteen ninety five dollars trial pack when you use the code VOICES at triplexiderm.com. Okay, unfortunately, COVID-19 infection rates are exploding across the nation. We all know this. We also know it's common sense that everyone wear a face mask. And finally, most states have put mask mandates in place. Face masks are still our best way to protect ourselves, our family, and our community. But what happens when the mask you thought you were buying is fraudulent or worthless? The FDA has provided a list of authorized respirator mask manufacturers. Finding those masks has been a challenge and verifying their authenticity even harder. Right now, the NewDealShop.com has FDA authorized respirator masks with anti-fake authentication on every package to ensure you're getting exactly what you need, just so you know that it works. These masks are tested by the NPPTL in the United States and provide greater than 95% filtration. They've even been used in the medical community, too. And right now, these masks are in stock and ship for free for my listeners when you add the code "sexy liberal" two words. Go to TheNewDealShop.com and order your supply today. That's TheNewDealShop.com. Get them and keep yourself, your family, and your community safe. Thank you.
0: The Bob Seska
1: Show. Turning now to the United States Postal Service, I've been hearing that DeJoy, has no intention of restoring all of the damage he's created so far. Are you hearing anything along these lines? I mean, is there a next step in the works? I mean, he just seems to have suspended what he was doing, but there's no word that he's going to reverse all that crap, is there?
2: I will tell you, I actually am a little bit optimistic on this, and I Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people are not. Um, I talked to, um, to, to Congressman Connolly from Virginia, who's, been paying as close attention to this as just about anyone and some other voting rights people. And they took the statement from DeJoy yesterday as a real climb down. Mm -hmm. Now, they thought that uh, they, they, they saw in it a genuine retreat. Now, they aren't saying that we shouldn't trust but verify they're, they're saying very much that we need to accept, uh, exercise intense oversight going forward. And by the way, House Democrats are proceeding with that stuff. Yeah. They're going to be holding the vote on the measure that will um, uh, affirmatively and, and decisively roll back the operational changes, and then also a vote on, on funding the USPS, too. Yeah. And they're proceeding with the oversight. I hope the joy, uh comes to the hearing that's scheduled. Yeah. That will be really critical if that happens, because then we'll be able to get him pinned down on these very points. Mm -hmm. But to me, the statement actually was was really not that bad, right? I mean, obviously there were some holes in it and some ambiguities and stuff, but there was an explicit and direct promise in the statement Mm -hmm. to to deliver all mail ballots on time and a pledge that there will not be any problems around this. Now, I think there's an opening to go to DeJoy, and I hope they do this at the hearing and so forth and, and, and beyond, to get him to say how that's going to all work. Yeah. But I would not be at all surprised if, if the blowback actually did frighten the hell out of him. hmm Right? Right. I mean— one one sort of interesting parallel here, if I may, it's not a perfect parallel, but remember the two generals who – or, or the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff chair and the defense secretary were, were roped into um, doing that Bible walk yeah. uh, with Trump after they cleared – forcibly cleared away the protesters, right, and, and Trump held up the – and there was an enormous uh, – uh, backlash across the country over that. Mm-hmm. And and they both quickly did it about face, right? One of them put uh-huh. out a statement reaffirming that the military must <clears throat> remain committed to our founding values. Um, and the other, let it be known that, that Trump's uh, talk about sending troops into cities was a non-starter. I took that to be them saying, holy crap, I've just been corrupted by this guy, yeah. right? Yep. Now, now, I don't know that I don't know if Dejoy would think that way. Obviously, he's a major Republican uh, fundraiser and so forth. But to me, the statement read like someone who realized, holy crap, I've really gotten drawn into a very, very corrupt scheme here.
1: And, you know, it seems like passing a law that eliminates some of the handcuffs on the USPS would be in order. I mean, once we can grab the Senate and the White House, of course. But what are the odds that we can shove that toothpaste back in the tube, that we can reverse all of this damage that's been done to the United States Postal Service from a legislative point of view uh, moving forward from here?
2: Uh, that is not something I know too much about. I've been uh, the people I've talked to about this general issue mm-hmm. seem to think that it'll be challenging but doable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I do think that sort of fits into that. That goes in a basket that's a lot bigger, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, in addition to pulling the country out of uh, the worst public health crisis in in, in modern times and, and potentially the worst economic crisis in many, many decades, we're going to have to figure out how to, to undo the damage that's been done by all the, the by this corruption on, across the board.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and, uh, you know, that seems like a pretty big job, and, and, and doing things like reforming the Postal Service might be pretty high on the list, but there's a lot of other <laughs> stuff that's pretty high on the list, too.
1: Let me ask you this, Greg, I mean, how much of this uh, USPS meddling is about revenge against your publication, against the Washington Post and Jeff Bezos? Because I think that's that's kind of how it got started, didn't it? Wasn't Trump yelling about Amazon and the Postal Service and all of that before he was ever yelling about using the Postal Service to stop people from absentee uh, voting? Wasn't that part of the uh, the motivation there? Yeah, he
0: was, but I, you know,
2: I don't know, I really don't have any sense of whether that's what's driving what's going on now my mm-hmm. my general feeling is that trump just understands that if people vote uh it's bad for him yeah. right yeah. and since things being bad for him uh is really the only thing that he's a big good or bad for him is the only thing that he's generally capable of thinking about yeah. um so uh, then he hears that lots of people want to vote for mail, and then you know someone on Fox News says mail voting is fraudulent, and then he just immediately puts it all together and into one one story very quickly, but it yeah. always flows from what he considers to be good or bad from him
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: for him and and I, I think maybe talking about amazon that that 's almost a little too conspiratorial <laughs> it's like. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah. Trump, and of course his uh, red hats, his fanboys, seem to think that there are uh, states that will automatically send out ballots without any requests or applications, which is completely untrue. I mean, there's not a single state that will automatically send ballots to people, irrespective of whether they've registered or whether they've requested a ballot. Likewise, they're trying to suggest that the way Trump himself voted is somehow different than what everyone else will experience who's voting from home. Isn't this a lie that's going to be easily disproved by anyone, including Trump's own people who are voting absentee? I mean, it seems like such a desperate reach for an excuse and one that's just going to get exposed as, you know, even in the coming weeks, much less on Election Day. Right.
2: Well, there's even sort of a bigger absurdity here. Right. Which is that you may have noticed that he uh, suddenly realized that, oh, my God, I'm going to need seniors in Florida who Mm -hmm. who are going to want to vote by mail. (laughs) And he, after spending months saying that vote by mail is inevitably going to produce a rigged election, he, he flipped around and started saying that only in Florida is it a perfectly decent system. <laughs> right. And he even, you know, the, the campaign even put out a little ad on that, which was which didn't get much attention, which surprised me. But it was they did. They they had an ad telling Florida people to vote by mail and, and to use it with mm-hmm. um, the. The the crowning absurdity to this is that they're nakedly and openly stating that vote by mail is good and reputable in places where he thinks it'll benefit from him, but inevitably fraudulent and and certain to produce a rigged outcome in states where it's bad for him. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this all goes back to what what we talked about earlier, which is that majorities just get that for Trump, it's all about self-interest and nothing else. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's how they'll read a lot of the vote by mail stuff. I don't even know whether it's a matter of precisely tracking the lying and and the flip flopping and the self contradicting. It's a little bit more of a kind of general sense that pretty much everything he says is just baloney (laughs) and all about him. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And and so, you know, I I, I don't know. I I mean, I sure hope that uh, the public sees it this way.
1: I mean, doesn't he risk turning off some of his own voters in all of this? I mean, because there are Trump states that have all mail-in voting or all, I should say, all absentee voting. It seems like just a foolish gambit, given the energy among the rest of us to oust him to be meddling around with sort of this shotgun effect against something that's going to be used by both sides is just a foolish thing to do, uh, given the energy that we're seeing on the Democratic side, isn't
2: it? Yeah, and I think you saw some of that in Wisconsin in the state Supreme Court race, right?
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: they really tried to do all they could to make it hard to, to vote in the pandemic, but the, uh, the Wisconsin Democrats, and they did a, just a fabulous job on this, I thought, yeah. were able to use that as an organizing point, and they just really crushed it in terms of getting Getting, uh, getting that organized, getting people mail ballots and so forth, and and getting them to send them in. I do agree with you that that um, that we're seeing on on. I mean, look, one really good measure of what you're talking about is the tremendous public outcry that's that's met the efforts to tamper with with with, with the mail, mm-hmm. right? right? I mean, right? I mean, this was a national issue. It's hard to imagine that something. It, it would have been hard to imagine that something like this could provoke such an enormous national outcry but everyone just wants to be absolutely sure that they can vote against this guy right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so the, that I think that that really that alone is a real testament to the energy you're talking about
1: beyond the USPS and Trump's confused attack on absentee ballots a nice way to put it what other shoes are you expecting to drop between now and November 3rd? It seems like Bill Barr is going to spring into action with something, as we said, uh, regarding Obamagate. Uh, is there anything else we should watch for between now and then? Well,
2: I'll tell you one thing that I've been a little bit worried about, and I haven't really had a chance to sort of flesh out what it might look like. But I wonder whether the vote-by-mail fraud stuff is going to get uh, take on a new kind of really ugly tack where mm. actual... Um, where actual uh, um, uh, fraud, fraud rings are alleged, mm-hmm. right? Um, f- imagine a week before the election, the attorney general says something like, "We we think we've under un- we've we think we've uncovered a, a fraud ring, um, a vote by mail fraud ring, and we're launching an investigation." Jeez. Now, I I'm not here to predict that'll happen, but I worry about that as a way to give Trump cover to then declare that mail ballots are fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, on top of that, there's the Durham stuff, uh, the U.S. attorney from Connecticut who's yeah. uh, supposedly conducting a quote-unquote review of the origins of the Russia investigation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think I don't, I don't understand how they can proceed after the Senate report mm-hmm. that just came out. But on the other hand, you've got people, you've got Republicans saying with a straight face that it proved Trump's uh, the Trump campaign's total innocence. So, Right. They're capable of anything in the face of this. Then a third thing that I think is going to become a bit bigger is the quote unquote investigation that's being run by um, Senator Ron Johnson and Senator Chuck Grassley uh, into the Hunter Biden slash Burisma stuff. They're going to produce a report potentially that that just tortures information in the most absurd way to produce a few headlines, Mm -hmm. that's something that that I think is going to be coming too.
1: at the same time. It seems like uh, maybe another option for them is to go after the drop boxes. Donald Trump was tweeting about that yesterday. And before I let you go, what do you think of that? Is he going to try to sue to get some of the drop boxes removed or something to do with the poll workers who collect the, the ballots out of the drop boxes? Seems like he fired a shot across the bow on Twitter yesterday morning. And uh, I'm still unsure as to whether that's going to go anywhere, whether that was just a trial balloon. What do you think of that?
2: I think it's definitely a reasonable fear, but I'm really glad you brought this up because there's another thing that I think is really important that still isn't getting the media attention that it deserves. And that's the fact that in many of the swing states, uh, there are state laws in place that invalidate ballots that were postmarked before Election Day but arrive after Election Day. Oh yeah. Now, that's all being litigated right now. And – uh, Republican and Trump campaign lawyers, I believe, are active in many of them, but this is a really big deal, especially in the context of the mail delays, and I still don't think enough people have put these two pieces together. Mm-hmm. The mail delays by themselves are bad, but if you put them together with the fact that a lot of ballots would be invalidated if they arrive after election day, it gets a whole lot worse, Yeah. and so Democrats are trying to get these laws uh, reversed and, and so forth, but look, Republicans are fighting very hard to stand keep that regime in place and it it could work. And so that's something I really worry about a lot.
1: Well, Greg, it was outstanding to catch up with you again. Um, Thank you for taking the time out today. I know you're busy as hell. Uh, The website is The Plum Line Blog at The Washington Post. The book out now is called An Uncivil War. Link in the description of BobSuska.com. Thank you again, Greg. Keep up the amazing work and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks, Bob. Take it easy. Bye-bye.